Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to this week's episode of the Gym Owners Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Stone. Over there is John Fairbanks. How's it going, John? We are playing it's a very great. Okay, we it's are playing excellent. a very dangerous game. We had some technical difficulties, so we're rolling in this nearly blind. It seems to be recording okay, but we hear each other very strangely and inconsistently. So uh, if if we get extra ranty and one-sided, one of us rants, the other one rants. That may be the nature of this this episode. I was also extra screamy this morning at coaching, so my voice is also shot. Yeah. yeah, you have that thing where if you scream so hard, it just breaks. There's a moment where it doesn't. It's not like it gets wore down. It, it's your voice yeah. is very similar to the brakes on your car. Normally, what happens is eventually it just gets wore down. There's a little chirp, a little less, a little less, a little less, and then uh, sometimes though, grinding, they just completely <laughs> fucking come off. Because you stopped, yep. and so that's what John's dealing with it right now. But this week's episode, uh, we want to talk about something that I think is—it's um, a mindset, it's a personality type, um, it's something you need to be on the lookout for. All of you people that are fitness business professionals, you need to be on the lookout for this trait within yourself, habits of this type of behavior within yourself, within your staff, especially, and very much so with people that you're considering hiring. So. Before we get into that, make sure you join the Facebook group. That is the Gym Owners Revolution group on Facebook. Link is in our description. Go to gymownersrevolution.com if you want to find out more. That's where we have all full transcripts of the podcast. Every episode is there. We have also officially launched the Gym Owners Revolution blog. Uh, we're running stuff every week, a couple times a week. There's new stuff hitting the blog. So um, if uh, you want to be able to read, we're trying to keep everything to, to somewhere between a one and four minute long read. So that you can kind of get in, get out, get back to your shit. And um, but I'd like the written format. It's it's nice for me to be able to go back to that a little bit because I do think it makes uh, the stuff a little more permanent. As much as podcasting and you know uh, video and shit like that is uh, is a thing, it's here to stay. Um, it is very nice to be able to go back and and read to recap information. Unless y'all are taking notes here constantly like is there's a lot of shit which is why we also did the transcripts so transcripts are available for every single episode that we've ever done is available at the gymownersrevolution.com so uh, if you forgot to take notes you can go back and peruse so my favorite part of that part just to throw it in there there's always keywords at the top i'm pretty sure you and i have fuck and bullshit uh, yeah, as a keyword of an episode yeah yeah i think more than one so, yeah, when, when it starts to use the words you use the most common, it's like, oh, man, yeah, my vocabulary sure sucks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into it, guys. So the thing that we see a lot, and this is, I learned this um, in trying to work with people in the fitness industry, in coaching first, in the business side and business ownership, um, as well as helping other gym owners hire people. And we find that a lot of people end up in the fitness industry because they just don't want to do anything else. And this becomes this thing that they just would rather be, you know, at some point they just had this vision that I'll just like be in the gym all the time and I get to be a gym guy. Um, but if your passion isn't truly for helping people or for growing or scaling and solving, like growing a business, especially you have, you need to have a mind for problem solving a mind for trying to create a community. You need to be have be driven to do all of those things a lot more than you need to be driven to just be a worker-outer. And John and I kind of throw that term out. We use the term exerciser or worker-outer kind of at people, especially when we're talking to gym owners about their staff, because I can sniff that out almost immediately. When we talked in the past about hiring people, 
when you're trying to hire staff, you're trying to say, hand off your social media stuff to just some coach on your staff, which is the 80% of gym owners end up doing, um, or any other tasks, admin tasks, sales, whatever it is that you expect one of your coaches to do. And you find out that they don't do it and they don't give a shit to do it. And then you realize they don't actually care about the business at all. And if you look even further into it, you realize they don't give a shit about the clients at all either. And no. it is, and I will tell you, this is the most cancerous mindset in the fitness industry, hands down, is this entitled, I'm an exerciser, I'm a fit person, so I should just be paid to be around fitness. Okay. And that's not how it works. Those people, I've seen it. I've seen coaches. I've seen gym owners. I've seen, seen it all the way across the board. I've, I've seen this in many lines of work as well. But it is absolutely toxic because once that exists in your gym, there is no, if you're the gym owner and you have staff that's a bunch of fucking exercisers who want to come in and just, they do their class and they just kind of don't give anything to any of the people and they just are coaching because they're fitter than these people. And by the way, that works for clients. Clients will respect a coach coming in because that coach has abs and can do pull-ups and can do a lot of these things that they maybe can't do, especially in the group fitness space. But it's very easy to just assume that this person is credible or gives a shit. I mean, they're jacked. I'm not. There we are. Right? I guess that's all I need to know. But you find out that they're jacked because they'll spend two hours a day, three hours a day just working out in the gym. And that's the real reason that they're coaching. They're coaches so they don't have to pay for gym membership. And if you're a personal trainer at like a Globo gym or somewhere where you have access and, and you are like the coach – you're going to see people that are that way too. Oh yeah. And so that's where it's like one of the clear ways. And you were talking about this the other day, Tyler, where you were interacting with a gym owner and um, they have a personal trainer. That's just dog shit. Yeah. Yeah. Like they're dog shit for the business itself. And as other personal trainers see that the cancer, the real cancer that appears from a coaching standpoint it's a little bit about like having accountability of like your colleagues, but it's like, if you allow that, if you, if you feel really confident, right. As yourself, as a trainer, you're like, no, I care about the people that I work with. The young guy that gets hired or the young gal that gets hired onto your staff with you as a colleague may not be as strong. So it's like, it is a cancer because that shit will spread yeah. where people uh, they kind of have like a, a who gives a fuck attitude and that really can spread throughout an organization and it rots it from the inside out it's poison yeah and i see this even more so with gym owners too so the reason you become an entrepreneur is because you really suck at everything else this the, assess this in yourself first <laughs> do you work for yourself because you can't fucking do anything else but exercise and your abs will give you enough credibility to where you could probably make something out of this that's yeah, really rough and, and my biggest issue with it is it lacks ambition and it lacks the fundamental thing that i think is a requirement to work in the fitness business i think if you're really if, if you're gonna work with us right first off is you have to actually care to have a fucking impact and you should feel like this is a calling not just you checking your boxes Right. This 100%. should be a thing you should be passionate about. We talked about this. Turn your passion into a profession. That's what our thing is. Right. That is our thing. Um, but I see a lot of people whose passion is worker outerness, exercising. And not even that, because that dies. Every couple of years, that becomes less and less and less for a lot of these coaches. And then they become very bitter, jaded, and they just 
will be very, very, very entitled. So you really need to be careful. You need to keep an eye on this. Um, but that's the worst part is they just, they'll come in and it will, like John said, rot from the inside out. Um, so how do you identify this? How do you identify this? Well, it's going to be tough because we were talking to some coaches in the gear Academy Guys, if you want in the gear Academy, let us know, shoot us a message. Links are all, that's all on gymownersrevolution.com as well. But that's our, for a year we go through and we work with you, with your business every week. We grow, we develop, we identify, help you identify problems. We work with the problems you've identified and we just keep fucking moving, growing, scaling constantly. Great program. So if you want in, let us know. Jimmonersrevolution.com. But one of our coaches was had, we've had many coaches that have hired people or had these hiring conversations. And the conversations before you hire somebody officially are always the most promising conversations you'll ever have with somebody. It's shocking. Because I hate to break it to you. If someone wants to work for you, they're going to tell you what you want to hear. That's fucking pretty easy. Like, My favorite are like the interview questions, right? It's just like, well, why do you want this job? It's like, because you're going to pay me money. Yeah, like be real. <laughs> like, what are, you, what are you talking about? And so can you root it out? Yeah. You can ask the right questions. The truth is they're just going to lie. It's if I tell somebody, if I say, hey, I mean, what is your, even if I frame it as such, right? Like, what is, what is your passion? Define your passion. What do you, well, just, I just really like help people. I really like coaching. I just, I really can't wait to focus on coaching and clients. I just really love it. And it's all just, just, you know, and you just won't know until you get in there. You see a motherfucker ignoring half the people or being bitter or crusty. And, and it's, it's a, it's a calling and it's a calling to service. Okay. And it's not supposed to be easy. It's not supposed to be easy, right? It's supposed to be draining. Like a person should be willing to give lots of energy to this process and, and should kind of feel drained by the end of the day, but know that like, that's, that's what this job is, is I'm trying to lift people up. I'm trying to push people forward. And it is the fucking makes me so furious when I see people phone it in because they just want to have gym time. And, and it's the truth is just because they're unambitious across the board. Right. So they lack ambition to do anything with themselves. And they go, this is the one thing I kind of like to, I don't know. Let me just kind of my way into this. And it's fucking awful. Oozers, right? They ooze through life. Yeah. They ooze in everything they do. They ooze with their families. They ooze with their kids. If they're married, if they're married, the odds are they still probably are a fucking thirty-five-year-old that lives with four other goddamn roommates and has yeah. no aspirations to do anything. Yeah, like it's they're just that's how the, that is how their existence. And so, and that's where it's time. Like you got to put yeah. in. Like it's now. It's just now. It's it's protecting what's yours because you do give a shit. Exactly. Your brand and your business needs to be constructed around compassion, empathy, results, quality coaching product, clients getting from where they are to where they want to be, creating a very positive experience from top to bottom within that. And anyone you hire should identify with that and go, yes, I want to be a part of that. Like I want to be the best. And it's the thing that I find very often, you know, having moved from places where there are bigger cities, where there's people that with ambition a little bit there's a midwestern small town midwestern culture thing that i've identified quite a bit here it's a southern thing too is it that people don't oh, want to yeah. be even good at anything it's weird i would love to have a got somebody in town who has a restaurant who wants to be the best cook in town doesn't even mean they got to do things different or crazy like who just is really 
trying to be great at it. If it's a coach, I want to be great at it. I had a, I had a, I had a business mentor and a, and an employer a long time ago who was that way. It was, I want to do things different than everybody else. I want to be more professional. I want it to be the most jaw droppingly professional experience that nobody would have ever expected to come from this industry. Right. And now when I heard that, I go, yes, that's what I want. That's, that's what I want to be a part of. Right. That's yeah. what I want to be a part of. And, but we would also get employees who would go, I don't want to do this. Why do I got to do this? It's so much work. Uh, Right. And those people were always the worst, literally the worst. They were toxic. They drug the whole system down and you need to, you need to show a unified front as a, as your entire business, which means everybody needs to be on board, at least outwardly. And if they're faking it, you'll catch it pretty quick, but you can't let that stuff slide. So the way to, the way to work around this is you just got to pay attention. Thing one, right. Thing two, they will get away with whatever you allow them to get away with, no matter what. So accountability is the number one thing. And we've touched on this for accountability for clients, accountability for coaches, accountability for management, the social media stuff. But this is a thing you need to be your your whatever system for hiring these people. And when you plug them in and onboard them, whatever, whenever you turn them loose to a client, it's like at this point, you need to be doing check-ins. Here's what you do. You're going to kind of watch. You're going to kind of observe. You're going to be around for a couple of them. Maybe you check in with the client and don't tell the staff. Maybe you message that client, hey, this is so-and-so from the gym. You ha- saw you had your first couple sessions with Coach Room. Do you have any feedback or anything you'd like me to know or how's things going? I hope things, you know, whatever. And you don't got to be subversive. Should be supportive. Again, unified front is the thing. But they should know, like, you're trying to do QA. And I promise, clients tolerate shit coaching. They do dog shit coaching. They tolerate very low effort coaching. They do because they don't know any better. They do because there is a power dynamic in play there where they just think that that's how it is. And, and, and that dynamic can be all over the place from very compassionate to very cool or very disconnected. And it all kind of feels like it works across the board. So clients are very forgiving and they kind of can just let bad coaching just run amok. And this is where like if my wife and I came into we're coaching Clients around this place then start seeing how we coach people and how those sessions look and how we communicate with them and how we're not looking at our phone all hour, ignoring them or taking phone calls or showing up 15 minutes late for 30 minute sessions. You know what I mean? That's insane. And all of a sudden everybody around there goes, Oh, and then immediately the other trainers who are bad look like shit. And that's what you need to do is set a new standard, hold a new standard, like it's, it's a thing you need to, you need to hang on very, very tightly to, because that is the most important thing for your business going forward is that people come in and be impressed and they yeah. get great results and they are getting quality coaching and they're not getting hurt. Like, are you tracking injury metrics for you? If you run a fleet of personal trainers or a fleet of classes, like how do you know when people are getting hurt in your class? Even if it's small, something minor, maybe it's not even the coach's fault. Do you know? Do you know enough to know, like, yeah, so-and-so? Because what if it's programming? What if it's coaching quality? What if it's just that person? But either way, something needs to be addressed within your business because you are coaching this person from somewhere they started to somewhere they want to go. And whatever your systems are that lead them into fucking up their shoulder, if it's them and their decision and they put on too much weight, perfect, then you need to say with your coach and everything, we need to make sure this doesn't happen again. How do we make sure this doesn't happen? Or what's our plan to make sure that they're able to still make progress while they recover from this injury? Like all of these things need to be things that you're addressing. If you got coaches that have been coaching people for a long time and they're getting, those clients are getting more out of shape. It's worse. 
well, maybe that coach should be communicating with them about nutrition. Maybe they should be offering them nutrition services, nutrition, supplements, or simply just talking to them about what's going on outside the gym. Some people don't know. The amount of people that I get messaging us that want to lose, we had somebody message the other day, a kind of a, a lead that said, I want to lose, I need to lose like 20 pounds by March because I got a fucking dress to get fitted for. And they already knew the prices and they knew exactly how many days a week they wanted and they knew how long they wanted to go for between now and March. And they need 20 pounds of them. Tight. Then the follow-up question is, okay, perfect. Well, if you want to lose that weight, right, you're having a trouble, you need to lose the weight. Like we're not going to do this with two hours a week in the gym. And that's the thing most people just don't understand is they think I go to the gym and now that burns 10,000 calories or something. And then you're just thin because of it. And you can not allow your clients if you want your clients to be successful that's the thing you need to break in there from their brains from their preconceived notions that needs to be rooted out immediately okay if you give a shit about results they have to understand that they need to eat better and you have services to help it or just simply remind them that like hey you still got to be eating to lose weight you cannot just work this out because that's why everything fails in the long run because you don't fix the system of inputs the um the amount we underestimate how much people know yeah. about our, about this world. And I think it's really important because if you don't spend time with regular humans, this is another, it's a big push. You and I talked about it a lot of like the importance of you getting out and networking and go out and eat at the local places with you and your spouse or you and your coaches and, 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 um, be out and about so people can see you and learn about you. It's the number one thing you can do yeah. when it comes to just fundamental old school marketing of, but the, a, a huge part of it is the human part. If all you do is spend time with a bunch of fucking freaks that want to professionally work out all the time that dial in their macros, the best person that ever you and I did a lot of work with people that were in that world, right, for a long time. And we wanted to do a bunch of stuff to be able to try and make the content that was getting created more consumable. Yeah. And you and I didn't have time to do that. So I brought in my wife. Yep. And my wife for a year wrote articles based off of content that was to, getting produced. To bridge the gap of all the, the up your own ass stuff, too hoity-toity, too complicated stuff. Yep. And that was it, right? So, and the whole idea was like, she was so not from our world that she was then breaking it down and being able to communicate it. And the number one thing she immediately called out is, well, what do they mean when they say that they can't, they're having a hard time working out for like the third session that day? <laughs> She's like, yeah. what is that? What is that? And I'm like, oh, well, this is a problem. Like women in, in this, in the CrossFit world over, like they, they push themselves so hard that they like miss their periods or they push themselves so hard. For you. She goes, that's fucking no one. Yeah. That's no it's one. What are we, she's like, what are you guys? Why is this being talked about? She's like, this is, this isn't even 1% of the population. And so she right. immediately was calling out just like, it's what you guys are talking about right now is very much up your own ass. For sure. And yeah. she called, and it just took her like one episode to be like, why is this even being, you claim, and this was good, right? She goes, you claim to want to be able to communicate and help the 99%. But everything you guys are creating right now 
is only for people that are so far up their own ass that no one on planet earth can connect with them except yeah. for people that are really fucking broken or are so far over there or have only been things. paying attention to every word you said for years and that are all, and then all of a sudden you wonder why you're having a hard time attracting new people to the stuff and that's Regular the thing humans. that you guys run into especially as gym owners you know with your staff who they are is the, the whole thing needs to be oriented and directed at the client at who the client is at who they will be Okay, at that process and who the potential new possible clients are going to be. That's the only fucking thing that matters. Okay, that's it. The public perception of who the coach is matters. Like all those other things are important. But it, so you can't be like a sloppy, overweight coach. I don't think that that's like the best way to do it, especially if you're talking weight loss to adults. You know, that's that becomes a really tough game where it's like, man, you got to You do got to look the part, but you got to actually be about coaching. And as a gym owner, you got to be about more than let me let me go with this direction okay this is the question that i ask a lot of business owners that makes me the most disappointed okay the most disappointed is i ask them like what would what's like the most if the if all of this stuff with you owning your gym went the best it possibly could go what's that look like like tell it to me people have really gym owners personal trainers coaches they have really small shitty superficial uninteresting visions and goals in regards to their career and their business it sucks it sucks a lot and i have the only i've heard a few that have had interesting ones i want to dominate the entire tri-state area i want to be at the top i want to yeah. get over a million dollars a year that's the game now that i want to work with that person that right away i was like perfect good so we can move with progress i talked to a gym owner the other day and it was i said so are you full-time yet he's like no i yeah, I have my day job and that's okay. Um, but it was like, I'm never really going to quit my day job. It's too good. It's too easy. Okay. So do you have any coaches or clients? Like, no, we like break even and stuff. So it's kind of, okay. I was like, well, where are you trying to go with this? And that's the thing I always get to is, is like, where do you want this to go? Do you just want a job? And 90% of gym owners out there just want a job in fitness and they just don't want a bunch of headaches and they're okay with it, not making them a lot of money. And they're okay with having just this like kind of superficial appointment of power a little bit. Is, I'm the coach, sure. I'm the instructor that I can do that. And I don't have to earn it. I can just put myself there. Okay. It's the thing that happens very often with coaches and and you just want that because it's you don't have to really earn the respect. You can just kind of stand up front and be the guy with the timer and the guy with the workouts in his brain, and that's it. And there's just no real effort in guiding the people to the process. There's nobody mentions anything. Very rarely does anyone mention anything about community impact. Nobody mentions anything about money, hardly at all when I say these things. They don't mention money. They don't mention anything. I talk to, We work with a lot of, you know, um, conversations a lot with as we get into the you know grappling and mma and combat sports combat gym space john and i and as i get out to these places it's like there's so many of them have they needed a place to train that's where the business starts i needed a place to train uh there wasn't one around and perfect by the way that's great this is the definition of being the change you want to see in the world right there was nowhere to offer this. I am passionate about this. I'm going to put myself in this position to coach and build the thing, right? We work, we have Jim, the gear Academy that's in that position as well. But I talked to a lot of these other gym owners out there and that's all that, that's all it ever is. It's all it was ever going to be. I need a place to train. I'm going to do some coaching. Their pursuit of their black belt is most important. Their contests 
more important yeah. than the clients. None of it has any sense of like, I want to, I want to grow the martial arts community to something really impressive in our town. I want to serve X amount of people. I want to be, I want to be, if it's not in your town, you want to be the foundation of it in here so that in 20 years, people remember you as the person that built this thing from nothing in town. It's the same thing with fitness in a town like this. When we started our gym here, it was exactly what I want to be. There was some place that was doing the group fitness stuff. And they did a shitty job, just a really, really shitty job. Okay. And so we said, let's, we can do this better. Now we're going to do this better. And that's exactly what we did with big goals. Tanner from Massonomics, same thing, same town, tiny town, no fucking good training whatsoever. He didn't need to make a, want to make a bunch of money on it off of the gym, but what he has now having leveraged the brand and building a brand to something that is global and large and produces well, now there is an absolutely top-notch, like, hardcore training facility in this town that's used by 50 people. But that doesn't sure. matter. He wanted the facility. He wanted the spot to grow that and didn't want to have to do – but 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 that's a goal that is commendable. And most of you guys and your coaches, if your goal, what's the impact you really want to have? Ask them that. In your community, where do you see this going? What is, if this went the best it possibly could for you, what do you think this would be? You say, you know, I'd like to just make like a conservative living and have my clients like, no, you're disappointing me. You're disappointing your parents. You're disappointing your ancestors. All of that sucks, dude. All of it sucks. You need to, I, I, like, what do you want your for your kids? Do you want to make enough money so your kids can have better opportunities than you? Or are you going to be such a martyr to this thing because you don't want to actually have to get good at a job to deliver value to the point where you can make a real good living, deliver value on a large scale to a lot of people, high value, so that your children can live better than you did, can come up better, have easier, have more opportunities than you to excel at the thing they decide to do that matters? Or are you just going to be the person who perpetuates that cycle of fucking just uninteresting, just checking the box, punching my time card, getting in, getting paid, fucking my clients are all on the fucking completely plateaued, nobody gives a shit, it's all average and boring and sucks, fuck that, fuck you, fuck no, no. Huge no I think for it's, me. I think it's worse than disappointing your ancestors and your the future generations of your family. I think it's worse than that. The reason why I think it's worse than that is because if someone comes to you because they wanted to be able to make themselves better as a customer, as a client, and your lack of interest in changing the world and holding this responsibility as high as it should be, you have now fucked that person yep. and you don't know what that person's going to do. And so that ripple family. effect, exactly. The ripple effect that you will have caused for them to where, man, it's a, it's a leap for a lot of people to be able to come into a gym and want to be able to join a community and do all those things. And if you do it badly, you're tainting the entire industry or you may be tainting that particular town and those yeah. families that are involved with that. And then that person leaves there and they're a failure. And you don't know what that does. And they could then they shouldn't have been a failure. And they're a, a failure because you suck. Yeah. And if if a person leaves a gym or stops working with a trainer because they stop getting results or for whatever reason, and they skid back and they fall off. That affects the whole family, by the way. Do you think the family, if that person ate healthy and exercised for six months, eight months, a year, got into shape? Then because you were kind of uninterested and didn't have a path forward for them really at all, they just fall off completely fall off because you failed to really engage with them. Do you think that family at their house a year later, two years later, when this person's put back all the weight on, do you think that affects them mentally? Yes. 
Do you think that it is going to that they're going the whole kids are going to be eating healthy now or not? Do you think the whole thing's get it back now? You fucked. And and I don't want to say this as though it's not just like it's your fault because people are beholden to their own. They're responsible for their own behaviors, but the it's the missed opportunity, and the missed opportunity the missed opportunity to like actually now you you take the I think fitness and health is a gift. It truly is a gift. And you can help somebody find that gift. You can say, here, here's the things. Let, let's get you, let's get this for you. Like we can, I can teach you how to do this. I can, we can make it about you, about you, not me, right? We can make it about your process so that this now fits your life. We need to change your life, okay? And when you do that, that is an entire family that learns to eat healthier, much to the kid's chagrin for a little while. That's a, that's a, that's a wife who finally wants is attracted to her husband again for not just being sloppy and gross and looking like he's just going to march ever fatter to a gross and early grave. You know, that's the Midwest curse, man. I got to tell people all the time, like, you don't have to be fucking uglier next year, dude. Like, you don't have to, like, we can do this. It's not that hard. You just take, you got to do some stuff different, but like stop accepting that next, that next year you're going to look worse than you did this year and feel worse and like yourself less because you got yourself in that situation. The opportunity to turn that around for entire families, Susan, your community, you're missing out on that completely, which means you're, it's the most selfish thing in the fucking world. A bad coach and a bad gym owner that are all these traits that we've described for me is the equivalent of Purdue pharmaceuticals. Yeah. For all of our listeners as creators of Oxycontin. The reason why they're as bad is because that gave people hope. That drug gave people hope and then fucking crushed people and crushed their families. If you give someone hope. They hired you. They came in. You convinced them for a moment that you gave a shit. And then you allow that hope where you don't give a fuck. You let that hope rot and die and, and go away. Is You're the worst and for me, it truly is, is you're the worst fucking people on earth because it's, if you're not going to hold that kind of a standard, you're not going to try and do people a solid with stuff that's so, for better or for worse in our societies, it's to try and put yourself out there and be willing to say that I'm not as good as I want to be and I want to be better. And then to have someone just be like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. I just pretended to give up. I'll it. pretend, it's, and then I'm then I'm gonna it, maybe not like you that much, and then we're just gonna, you, I'm gonna hope you go away. Yeah, like that is what that does is so catastrophic, and that's why, like it, again, it's don't create, don't create a Google My Business profile, don't do any marketing, please go away, like go, have be shut down, don't do anything, because you'll do the world a favor. By crawling back under the rock or going back into your home. Go, go bag groceries, go stock shelves, yeah. go work at a call center, go, go do something up. like that. And, go but that's the thing is a, a lot of people in the fitness industry are doing a coaching job or I open my little gym because it's cheap to open gyms for the most part, truthfully. You open a functional fitness gym, personal, especially a personal training studio for very little money. It doesn't cost that much money. That doesn't take that much equipment. It's just not that much. A global gym is a very different story. There's millions of dollars to start up very often to have a global gym for equipment and all the, all the stuff, but it's not that big of a deal. It's just not as expensive to open a gym as it is to open a fucking, you know, department store or like, you know what I mean? It's just, it's not that, it's not that tough. So it's easy. There's a low barrier to entry and people with low ambition very often find their way into that work. 
Yeah. It's like, I don't know, this is the thing I kind of like doing. No, you kind of like exercising. And this is a very important thing to differentiate. Your skill or your, your progression as an athlete is very different and an almost an entirely disconnected thing from your progression as a coach. Okay. And that also, while they're connected, should be an entirely different thing than your progression as a business person, as a business owner, as a gym owner. Those are very different. Moving every needle forward at the same time, very unlikely. Now, can all those things move forward over the course of a career? Should they? Yes. But if you're worried about competing a lot as an athlete, just know that like to do that, to maxim- to optimize that, I have ne- very rarely are you going to find competitive fitnessers that are also great full-time coaches. Very, at least not at the height of their career, right? On the fitness side of things. And very rarely are they also running, truly running a successful business. And if right. they are, it's usually based upon just simply leveraging the brand from being a very, very visible competitor. So know that, that if you're focused on yourself, you're the, the thing that requires the most attention to, directed towards other people is coaching and that that's a problem. Now, getting very good at a coach, being really, really focused on what goes on on the floor. That's great. That is, that is simply one aspect of your business. So know that fulfillment is one aspect of your business. Your business requires lots of other things. So I see a lot of gym owners work very, very hard at being good coaches or developing great coaching systems because what happens on the floor in your gym matters. Really, it truly does. But can you sell? Can you market? Can you communicate what you do? Are you afraid to talk to people when they come in? Do you have any real systems that go on? Does your offer actually make sense? Is it aligned? Are you just only worried about coaching dork stuff? Because we saw that in the past as well. John and I worked for places where we had gym owners and coaches were focused very much on the quality of their knowledge and the way that they went about their approach to coaching. They're all fucking broke. Dude, it's like you can't sell anything to anybody and the things you're talking about because you're zoomed in so far, the things you're talking about, nobody gives a shit about. And the things you don't know about, you demonize. Yes. Yeah. There's a thing I was talking to a coach and this will be kind of where we'll wrap up a little bit. But anyway, the, I was talking to a coach the other day who said, you know, I was working on selling like remote coaching and stuff, kind of downselling people out who are maybe about to be done with the one-on-one because it's just expensive. They're going back down to the regular membership. I want to do some nutrition coaching, still in some ongoing, maybe just paying for workouts. This person was, the coach was said, so I offered them my, what my word? I, I said I would write their programming for them. And I said, stop here right there. Programming is not a word that regular people fucking think about. What do they care about? Workouts, 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 workouts. It's workouts, it's exercises and workouts. Just use their language. It really matters. Because, But you can tell we get so stuck in what is the program, the programming for this. But literally yeah. that word way over people's head. Another one that misses people's head is training. Personal training works. When am I going to train you? That works. But the average person who's going to go to the gym, they don't view it like a normal general population person. Who's about to start. They don't think of it as I'm going to go train. Yeah, training day. Yeah. It's, it's I'm going to work out. I'm going to go exercise. I'm going to go get a workout. It's, it's so just, just know that the things that you're, again, you got to fix your whole mindset and direct it towards them. What was the other one? Another one. And I didn't tell any other coaches this one yet. Diet. It's okay to use the term. Hey, let's come in. Let's get you on a diet. It's okay. It's okay. It doesn't make you fucking hokey or shitty or whatever. Like, like every person who wants to lose weight goes, I need to get on a diet. I need to get on a diet. Dare you. 
And, but like, but I see, I see coaches who want to be better than the room, smarter than everybody else. And they're, they literally will avoid that word. And I kind of do it too. I don't want to we'll put you on a nutrition plan, food. I try to buck around it, but the more I look at it, it's like, let's just, what's the most well-known nutrition plans out there? Ketogenic diet, Atkins diet low carb diet and you fucking assholes are a carnivore diet and you assholes are out there trying to sell shit to people like would you like my customized dong cycling fucking whatever plant it's stupid it's dumb like we we only eat liver and animal genitals and we cycle that every wednesday between that and the growth hort like just shut up this is my diet this is the diet Okay, we're going to get you on a diet that works like it's okay to use the language that people give a shit about because it's about them, not you. Okay, So I know I do want to let you guys know. I know you guys listen to a lot of and we use the words you a lot as though it was you that sucks. Right. Um, it's not. <laughs> but we are talking at a type of person. So you need to identify. We have to say something. If I say those people, it's just less interesting. So but if you are. If you see those traits in your staff or in people, come, you need to sniff them out. You can also, you can't just can people automatically either. I was talking with a gym owner who has a really bad personal trainer and it's like, there really isn't any reason. And their clients, they just kind of don't know any better. You know, it's like, how did he put it? It was like, well, most of his clients kind of stay. And I said, well, what is their other choice? Oh, they haven't had one. Okay. Right. And they just don't know any better. And so, but you can't just can the guy because he lacks passion. So you you gotta nudge it. Laws. So, yeah, depending on where you live, we can fire a motherfucker here for no fucking reason. Dude. <laughs> but but like you can't just you don't want to just create ill will. Give them give a person a chance. Say okay, here's what I need. I need you to be more accountable to this. No phone on the fucking coaching floor unless you're timing somebody. Give them your attention. You need to be on time. If you're late, I'll check. I'm gonna be checking in with your clients once a month. They're gonna get a fucking form to fill out from the business to let us know how you're doing and what they think you could do differently or better. And so all that stuff. That, those are the things I want you to do. So don't just, I know we said a lot of shit where it's like, these people fucking suck and they're toxic. And they do and they are. But mm-hmm. you gotta, you're still running a business and not everybody's going to be perfect right off the bat. So it still is on you to correct behavior, ob- observe bad behavior, try to correct it, give somebody an opportunity to be successful and do things the right way. And then when they fail for that, that is now a reason to discuss. Because there's a thing that I do a lot with coaches and gym owners because we work with a lot of them. I don't have the patience to deal with all of their bullshit. And what I find myself doing is identify right away in very early in a process, all of the things about them and their mindset and the things that they're doing that I don't like. And I'll find myself just immediately trying to delete those parts of their personality in real time. I go, Nope, I don't like that about you, John, we got to do something. This is not going to work. This whole thing, the way this person approaches this to go, they got to go. It's got to go. I'm not doing Right. But that's not the way it, it, you can't do that within your business. You just can't. Okay. Well, because there's still part of their fucking personality. Yes. So the fact is, if they're still there, it's either you're okay with it, which you shouldn't be for all the reasons we just ran about for 40 minutes. So then how do you fix it? And it is on you and to hold them accountable and to hold yeah. that standard and to establish a standard. Yeah. If you don't have a standard, that's why these things happen. So, exactly. um, well, that's going to do it for us, guys. I got to get going. Speaking of coaching, if I don't leave here now, we're going to be late. Go to the gymownersrevolution.com. That's got all the stuff. Get in the Facebook group. That link is in the description. Start reading the blogs. 
start reading this stuff. There's going to be really good shit there. And if you see something you like, share it for us on Facebook, share it for us within your like kind of coaching or business owners communities and shit like that too. You don't need to share it for your clients. It's going to be way too deep fucking way too much inside baseball but like if you have gym owners and coaches in your world who you read something you go oh shit so and so that could benefit absolutely send it to them okay so thanks a lot for listening everybody follow the show at the gym owners podcast on instagram follow john at jbanksfl follow me at tyler f and stone later